Last week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we kicked off season four of Poldark. In that episode, we got a shirtless Ross walking along the beach, uh, but it wasn't the, the happiest of episodes. Uh, Zachy Martin, Ross's uh, close friend at the mine, his son got into some trouble. He got hung for uh, causing a ruckus. The Karn boys nearly got hung with them, but they ended up okay. Uh, we heard that Dwight and Caroline, they're expecting a child. And uh, it looks like Armitage uh, is getting worse and worse with his health, and that's not great. <laughs> uh, so we'll follow up on that and more this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. They Back, season four, episode two of Poldark. How's it going, Corey? It's going okay. How about you, Dave? Good, good. I can't complain. We just spent a weekend together in the woods. Well, yeah, not really the woods the anymore. Skills. Yeah, I feel like uh, it gets more developed every time we go. So, yeah, it feels less and less like we're getting away from everything. More so, it's just it keeps extending its reach out there. But still, it was nice. We could see the stars for once. It was nice uh, and cool evenings. So, yeah, it was, it was good. Oh yeah, yeah, and then uh, you went to a K-pop show, right? When you got you left a little a night early. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I left on Sunday and went straight from the the woods to a, a K-pop concert for uh, uh, Sun Me. Uh, I was pretty amped about that, <laughs> and then I went and saw Top Gun again on Labor Day. That, that's how I felt. That's how you do it. Celebrating. Yeah, man. And Dave, you stuck it out. You just you kept hanging out up there. Kept playing badminton, swatting a, a, a birdie over a net. That's how you do it, man. That's As how one you, does, did you end up hiking? Yeah. No, we wound up uh, playing bad. We well, I, I looked at my, my Fitbit the the day that you went for it because you went for a hike on Saturday and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wound up with like way over my step goal and my heart rate and its target zone for like way more than normal. And we played badminton and volleyball for like two hours. So that was a plenty of a different breed of exercise yeah so you're saying badminton is the key to i'm saying activity is the key as long as your your heart is pumping and you're having fun mm-hmm. that's all you gotta oh, and do I, yeah and i did spend my labor day i watched this episode of Poldark. i was like let's get it out of the way early okay yeah i think i watched it last night so not on labor day i think you watched it last night what did you do yesterday yesterday i went back to work <laughs> what do you think you did <laughs> no i know i did and then i watched Poldark okay. last night Got so, it. any news on the front of uh, any of our, our programs, or are we... Yeah, there's a couple of items. Well, one is that there's a filming going on for Season 5 of The Crown, so Elizabeth Debicki has been spotted as Princess Diana out there. Dominic West is out and about, looking like Prince Charles. So, that's still going on. Isn't that November first... that that comes out, or is it next November? It should be. The next season should be coming out later this year, but I haven't heard much about it yet. Uh... But one of the more funny things, speaking of uh, Prince Charles, is that a pole dark mine uh, is being forced to close after the owner is refusing to pay rent to Prince Charles. Uh, so the heir to the throne has taken court action against the owner. So this is Prince Charles. He's taken court action against the owner of Wheel Roots Tin Mine, known more recently as the Poldark Mine. The Poldark <laughs> Mine? Unpaid- 
the it's called literally the the pole dark mine. Uh, it's a, a Cornish tin mine where the where BB, where Poldark filmed. So they actually this appeared on the show. Uh, but there's unpaid rent on the lease uh, of the underground passages that makes up much of the tourist attraction. So Prince Charles has taken him to court. That piece of trash. We didn't like him from the Crown, and now we don't like him because he's looking to shut down one of our mines. This guy is a modern day George. Wow. What a what what a world colliding moment for our shows. Yeah. And the owner of the mine, he says, he argues that the the fact that the site is no longer used for extracting resources beneath the surface, but is instead an open air museum, uh, means that they are not owned by the duchy. They they don't owe them. Well, let's see. We got to keep up on this one. Yeah, we got to see where it goes. Uh, he's even paid two hundred fifty thousand pounds into repairs uh, to keep the place going. Um, he says the feudal, the feudal greedy grip that the duchy has on Cornwall is beyond reason. There's something not very pleasant about the way they operate, and I don't like it. I feel like I've been shafted. Wow, mine shafted. <laughs> and, the, and then the Daily Mail they, they add uh, that the Prince of Wales made some 22 million dollars in pounds last year, generated by the duchy's vast portfolio of land, buildings, and financial investments. So I mean, Great. why does he need this one? <laughs> Anyways, well, if they need witnesses, well, I'll go to court for them and tell them that this is not a, a functioning mine anymore. <laughs> no, no. Although they might, may not have us in court because we don't, we're not aware that this show is a show about miners and mines. We never, we never thought that. So well, now it seems to be a show about political unrest and families. So, so, so maybe we're not fit to be witnesses uh, for this court battle. <laughs> But maybe not. Well, that, we we are dark, we are qualified dark. to talk about season four, episode two of Poldark. Let's get to it, man. Waves are crashing yet again. And have you noticed that with this season? Whereas before, I feel like there would be a, like a drone shot or an above ground shot of the water crashing. Now they're much more on the beach, just watching the waves roll in. It's much grass here, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, and we got Ross walking with his kids and uh, his wife and kids. He's not shirtless this time. Nope, clothed. <laughs> by the way, so I posted pictures from the first episode of uh, season four on our Instagram, and I still have notifications on for Instagram, and I just kept getting likes rolling in yesterday throughout the day, and I think it's because one of the photos we used was him being shirtless on the beach, and like literally at all hours of the day, notifications, someone liked this photo, someone liked this photo. They just, people want to see a shirtless uh, Ross Poldark. He's a hunk. Absolutely, but this t- this week he's not so much. He's with his wife and kids. He's dressed, mm-hmm. and he sees a carriage on the way to to London, uh, a Cornwall carriage. And uh, the kids are like, "Where is that going? The end of the world." Yep, and Garrick the is Earth. there. Garrick is there, confirmed, uh, still alive, doing well. He's age one hundred this uh, at this point as a dog. I mean. He- he definitely looks way cleaner than he has in the past. So maybe this is a new dog playing Garrick, but maybe, I mean, maybe Garrick there. did die and they replaced the dog to not upset their children. That's, a th- <laughs> you know, they just, just like a goldfish situation. It's entirely possible. So where do we want to start off with on, on this episode? I think we should start off with uh, the wrestling. I, dude, talk about worlds colliding here. Like, 
did not, not expect this. As much as we've had people fighting each other on Poldark, did not expect us to have a, a, a ring <laughs> and wrestling going on. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, St. Saul's Feast. Mm-hmm. And we see there's all sorts of... Uh, there's like a totem pole that's put in the middle of town. They're not in the middle of town, in the middle of a field. Everybody goes to mass or church. I don't know if they call it. It, it, it is Catholic, so that must be mass. Um, there's some confusion over who's saying the mass. And then the old vicar, Ozzy, usurps the other priest, the reverend, and, and he takes over. And then we see the day before. Thali is in charge of, of the entertainment. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, I'm sure he's got some spare hours in between digging graves he can <laughs> dedicate to this whole occasion. And we see that he's kind of flanked by Tom Harry. Mm-hmm. Like, what happened here? How is yeah. this not discussed? I, I do like that Tom Harry is there. He, he like literally turns around and says, the Resurrection Boys <laughs> to the Karn Boys. <laughs> this plays like pro wrestling for sure, where... Thali's like the heel manager and the Karn brothers are like the returning baby faces, the good mm-hmm. guys. And so Thali, yeah, he's in charge of the games. And Harry makes the claim, I could beat back Sam with one arm. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Emma is caught in between this, uh, Thali's uh, daughter. She's back. And Sam says he'll fight for her soul. He's the Undertaker. Because she's caught in between souls. the two of them. Yeah. Taking names, taking souls. Um, what was it, though? She, she said, but, like, he's not too too much looking to fight. But she tells Sam, you know, maybe we can pray together if you if you beat him. You mean it? Of course I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh and so Sam is in, but he's clearly at a, sight, a size disadvantage compared to Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ross knows this. So Ross it, knows because Ross catches wind of it from the, the one of the coolest scenes in, in this show, in my opinion, mm-hmm. was the, the sort of duality of, of Ross and Dwight at the pub with Whitworth and, and George, like, on the other side of the pub and they're both sort of talking at each other that pl- that plays back to back with the two of them in with uh, the, the political talk where it's sort of individuals talking about the two of them as politicians and then it cuts back and forth to them in real life so we see that uh, George brings this up as sort of uh oh you know your boy Sam's gonna get destroyed Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? And Ross is like, uh-oh, well, maybe he won't. And they wound up making a bet. And I, I love the swerve here. So so they make a bet of 100 pounds. And then Ross says, well, of course, we we got to donate to charity. I mean, come on. <laughs> what kind of people would we, would we be otherwise? And George, and George is not too thrilled about that. But that's how it's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So Ross takes it upon himself to start training Sam, which I wish day. the whole episode. I wish the whole episode was this. Like honestly, they didn't need to do anything else. I just want to see him tr- train Sam. Yeah, I mean, but I want to know how Ross knows how to wrestle. He's not a wrestler. 
I mean, it seems like he knows to do how to do everything. He's a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. He knows how to fire every gun, throw he, things he's around. He's like a Swiss Army plow. knife of a human. He's the Swiss, the Swiss Army man, if you will. Dude's a politician. He's the best politician in the land all of a sudden. Yeah, we'll get to his many different um, appealing qualities later in, in regards to his politics. But mm-hmm. he's he's teaching Sam how to wrestle. And it's actually, you know, the show is playing it in one of those ways where you think maybe he can do it. Yeah. He's not, he's not a, a weak-looking boy, Sam, without a shirt. He's in good shape. I just wish we got more of this. I like the I would like the idea that Ross puts aside everything to train Sam for a week, <laughs> has a family to, uh, to raise, and uh, you know, hundred dollars to donate to the hospital. But just spend the, the training Sam. Even that he takes one day to train Sam speaks a lot to his character. Like what a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so fast forward to the match because there's not much too, too much in between. And they don't really wait to, to get to it. <laughs> it's about 15 minutes into the episode. We're already at the match. Sam actually handily wins round one. He gets it done. Mm-hmm. And he's doing well in round two. But that's when Tom Harry pulls one of the oldest tricks in the book. He rakes his eyes. He doesn't rake his eyes. He gouges his eyes. He got his thumb he gouges in, his, at in Sam's his, eye. It's like some Game of Thrones stuff going on. Yeah, it's it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch. And then Thali calls the round in favor of of Tom Harry, which is nonsense. He's cheating. Yeah, he's not even pinned down. Thali doesn't seem like a good judge to have for this kind of match because he only has one eye to begin with. Yeah, he has one good eye. It requires two eyes. He has one good hand, too. So, you know, he could end up with that hook in someone by mistake, depending on how they wrestle, which way. So that would be the most entertaining thing to happen when he's doing a three count. Just hook someone by mistake? Oh, yeah, just a hook in a guy's back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's 10 guineas. I got the, the the bet wrong. I said 100 pounds. It's 10 guineas is what they pay. It is 100 guineas, though. 100 guineas. Rather, that's a typo on my part. I had it wrong all the way through. Uh, I do like, though, that people are, you know, they're already suspect of Sam that he's a Methody preacher, as they call him. Mm-hmm. Well, man, that's Methodist. Really put up a fight. That's just slang. Yeah, well, obviously Methodist, but they say Methody. Uh, and meanwhile, I also like how George speaks highly of Tom Harry. He's he's a champion in, in his prime. <laughs> yeah, is he though? Yeah, he's really he's like a goon. He's he, this uh, Turlo Convery, the actor who plays Tom Harry. It's mm-hmm. like the role he was born to play. Like he didn't get the Hodor part, so this is the best he can do. Yeah, so. Back to this match. There, there's the third round. By the way, Tom Harry is just dirty this whole game. He doesn't even agree to shake hands at the top of it. And Dolly, yeah, Dolly's not a fan of that. He wants some fair play. But Emma is watching this match. And Tom gets Dwight in a, not Dwight, Tom gets uh, Sam in a really good like hold. He's kind of like kind of slung around his back a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's choking him out. And he tells. Sam, that he's already had Emma. Already hooked he up said, with her. I've had her just, body. He's had her body. And you can see the soul leave Sam. You can do the Simpsons thing where you play it in slow motion and see the exact moment <laughs> where mm. his heart is broken. And, uh, yeah. Sam loses, unfortunately. And but George th- this is, is... He doesn't just lose. He gets, like, power slammed. 
Yeah, he gets thrown down. He's a lifeless carcass at that point. Uh, George looks happy until uh, Ross comes over and says, oh, it's great that the money will go to the hospital, huh? <laughs> now, this this moment was interesting because don't you think when he says that Sam should, like, hulk out and, fight, and you know, Get say, really like, mad. oh, I, yeah, I, I'll beat you up. But instead, he just loses it. And he... Uh, he he's a Methodist, man. He's he not a, he's not a champion. And in the, he's, he's not, not a good Catholic boy. <laughs> yeah. God was not on the side. And so, yeah, Tom Harry, champion of men, he wins. And he celebrates afterwards. We see him uh, drinking. Mm-hmm. And George goes over to congratulate him with Elizabeth. But Elizabeth gives George that look like, come on, man. You said you'd you fire me. this guy. <laughs> He's not good. Uh, and right there and then, he tells him. He says, best of luck in your future endeavors. Yeah, we no longer require your service. It's, it's really actually kind of cold because uh, Harry says he's glad to be at thy service. And George says, no longer need your service, brother. <laughs> but you know sorry, this can't my be wife. the end of it. Yeah, he's, he's going to pay this guy in the low. You think he's just going to dispense of Tom Harry like that? This guy's a champion. You know what I? You know my theory. Tom Harry's going to turn around. Tom Harry's turning babyface. I think we're mo- we're moving that boulder towards that, or you know, pushing it down the, the snowball down the hill as it's going to gain some momentum for a big Tom Harry turn. Hopefully, but Elizabeth does seem happy though that he's out of the picture for now. Mm-hmm. She's pretty disgusted with him in that moment. Yeah, and then later in the episode we see. Sam and Emma talking to each other mm-hmm. on the pier. And, well, Emma also talks to Demelza and Drake about whether or not, you know, she thinks she could have actually given herself to the Lord without yeah. feeling like it was for the wrong reasons. Because I think she's got some feelings for Sam. Just a few, for sure. He's attractive. And, you know, all the other... The, the other Carnes, Demelza, Drake, are like asking outright, do you love him? And I, th- I think that's another weird metric of the time where it's like, well, are you in love with this person who you've Barely met a few know times? know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but she winds up approaching him at the end of the episode and said that, you know, she doesn't think she really can repent in the way that he believes that she would. And... Mm-hmm. She needs a little bit of a reprieve, and she's got to take some time to go live her life and see what's up. She's taking a job as a, sure. a maid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she tells that to Sam, like, "I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be out of here." And she says, "Will you still be waiting for me in a year?" And Sam's like, "Well, you know, I'm a Methodist preacher. It's not like I got many options." Right. But she gives him a timeline. Like, let's give it a year. If I'm single and you're single, maybe. Mm-hmm. And she gives him like a, a chaste kiss too. Yeah. And Sam's it's like, woohoo. He's definitely going to yeah. remember that one. Definitely. Definitely. I, I do like her response when he says, are you going away with Tom Harry? Cox, no, she says. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not Tom Harry's cock. Nope. And then she says, I'd never have been with him. So she's denying what he said. So maybe he was just being a, an a-hole to rough up some nonsense with 
our boy Sam in that moment. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like Tom Harry. He seems pretty full of himself. Mm-hmm. So who are we going to see again for sure? Are we going to see Tom Harry or are we going to see Emma who's going away? We're going to see Tom Harry, and I think Emma might pop up in like two or three episodes for one scene. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see about that. But that is pretty much that storyline for this week, right? Yeah, I think so. I we mean, wanna... Drake doesn't have too much going on. He, uh, uh, Morwenna uh, attends one of those matches, and she has a moment talking to uh, Drake after the fact, like, hey, hey, you, still hung up on you. Yep. I almost watched All you right. die last week. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's what she, he says, like, I saw you at the gallows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, I thought that would be the last time I'd see you. And he's like, I thought I was dead. <laughs> he said, if that was the last time that, you know, if I died knowing that you were there, I would die peacefully. And it's like, what? You'd be hung by the neck Being unjustly. hung in front of all these people. <laughs> yeah, for something you didn't do. That doesn't make any sense, Drake. Look, there's, there's ways to be romantic, and that is absolutely not one of them. And... You know, just just to to add to that point of uh, the hanging from last week, we do see at the beginning of this episode, Zacky and company burying his kid. Mm-hmm. He's still upset, and we was it later see was it when George is at the bar? He's saying that, oh yeah, he or or was it at the bar at the match? He deserved to die. I mean, he was guilty. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't says, worry yes, about it. He deserves to die, <laughs> and I hope he I burns hope he's in burned hell. Uh, but. To that point with Drake and Morwenna there, uh, we see Whitworth come over and say, Wife, <laughs> come back. And so he's still not getting any with uh, with Morwenna. Nope. None, none, none whatsoever. None. And we see he is getting so we, some. With the, the town people, the town's woman. Yeah, where he was, where he was found by... Ross last season. And it's a pretty funny scene because he's sucking her toes and the woman could not look more bored. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, what was me? Yeah, she's like feeding him the lines like, oh, you're doing great. <laughs> it's got to be going. It's got to be one of the easier checks she has to earn in her day. Yeah, this guy just wants the toes. Ugh, this is gross. No, oh, apologies there's to people that out part there who are the, into toes, I guess. But. Uh, that part in the beginning where... Uh, I believe it's after they're all together. The whole gang is together and they're walking around and they say, Oh, let's go to the, the St. Saul festival. And we see that, that Ozzy is looking at these two young women, like leering at them. And then Morwenna goes, cousin Elizabeth, I'd love to come. And we see that, that Whitworth like rolls his eyes and he's upset. Yeah. Like he can't gawk at teenagers anymore. <laughs> No, they really make him the worst. And even then, with how much they're inserting him into things in the show now, we see them go to church and he replaces the vicar. <laughs> yeah, to, I, already, I commented on that already. Yeah, he, he usurps the, the reverend. Well, he is the vicar. He tells yeah. he basically walks in at the reverend on St. Saul, the, fe, the the feast mass, and, and the guy's like, oh, come on, man. I had a sermon, really. Yeah. And I do like how he's just like, you want to attend the feast day? And she doesn't even acknowledge him. She She's just like, boy, bye. Nah, <laughs> not going to talk to you today, Whitworth. But we do see a reveal at the end of this episode. Ha ha. This was great. 
she wasn't pregnant all along. Yeah, Rowell was I, in I think, the seedy I think part I of called town. this. Did she I think, think we she, both she, called she was? No, I didn't think she was okay. pregnant. Well, she definitely isn't pregnant. There was no child. And nope. Whitworth is is real angry in the moment. He's like, "Oh, you conned me. You got me." She's like, "Yeah, I just want to let you know." Walks off and then just gives him a parting glance. And Whitworth is just like, I'm back in. <laughs> I'm in for this kind of crazy. What a fool. <laughs> what if, oh, I mean, it's great. It's fantastic. It's just going to spend a whole fortune on this girl just conning him. It's like a, being on like an Instagram with a bot. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like someone, you know, it's, it's, he totally knows this is, this is not what it is. And she's a fraud, but he's such a freak. And he'll take it where he can get it. You've you've carried on conversations with bots on Instagram? Not personally, but you know, you read about it all the time. Catfish, whatnot, okay. things like that. Sure. Okay. And people yeah, know exactly catfish. what they're getting into, but they still kind of do it because they're so emotionally unstable. And Whitworth has his uh, his demons, as we see. She's the devil's handmaiden. I, I I just wonder what her plan is this time. She's already gotten a dowry out of him. What else does she want? More money. A divorce. Perhaps. Maybe she's going to come around and, and actually advocate for her sister getting a divorce. I think that might be the real. Or if a divorce is not an option, killing him, which would make her single again. Yeah. And the one last piece of related Whitworth uh, items in this episode is when he's talking to George. And George is like, you keep promising for me to be introduced to like the prince... Uh, where is it of Wales or yeah, like his cousin uh, who is connected to the the prince or something like that? Yeah, it's, and he, he hasn't says, come through asking, on that. Yeah, you keep asking about this and it hasn't happened yet. When's it gonna happen? This Whitworth guy, he's he's not worth the trouble for anyone. Yeah, I wouldn't well, be you know upset if he is, died. <laughs> he, he Whitworth is like the Mister Green of the show or the, that whole effect. It's like I don't need any of this. Absolutely, I think it's a there's a very logical line to draw. Yeah, Mr. Green, who dragged down season four and then just season five of town. Oh, yeah. So, I think that, I mean, we could talk about, I don't know, it's all kind of carried together there at the end, right? Everything else, right? There's the two big ones. Okay. The two big plots that are looming, and they kind of interweave, but I feel like we can get, I feel like we should talk about Hugh Armitage and Demelza before we tackle the politics. Sure. Hugh Armitage, he's still having huge headaches. Mm-hmm. And Dwight tells Mr. Foulmouth, there's nothing we can really do for this guy except try and ease his pain, you know? What can we really do? And and Falmouth is like, the election is next week, and he needs to be on his feet for the election. And Dwight is like, you're crazy. This is not going to happen. doesn't matter what you die. think. It's going to be like Weekend of Bernie's where they just put some sunglasses on him and just say, like, here he is. Here's the <laughs> new candidate. Yeah. So they call in Dr. Chuck, who we have not seen since season one. I didn't realize we actually haven't seen him. I didn't realize that either. Maybe we just weren't paying close enough attention on season one, and that's why we got that negative review. I don't know. Well, they always talk about him. It's not like he's not a figure right. in town. He, but he 100% has not been around the past couple seasons, so he's back up to his old practices of not knowing what he's doing. He's uh, administering leeches uh, on, on Armitage to suck the blood out. 
mm-hmm. doing some other stuff. And then he suggests, I forget the word that they use, but he's going to pretty much operate on his skull. Yeah, he <laughs> wants to give, basically give him a lobotomy and see if that'll fix it. Yeah. So if you ever question this guy's abilities, uh, there you go. He's he's a hack. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, not doing so hot. And, and there's a moment where where Ross and Dwight are talking about this, and Dwight kind of implies that it's it's partially due to the fact that Armitage is a, has a, a broken heart kind of sort of Padme-Anakin situation where he's kind of lost the will to live. Yeah. Which is very, you know, we know the dude's in love with Demelza, but he's a, he's a young whippersnapper, like... Find the will to live instead of just pining for your your savior's wife. And it's still not entirely clear what he was sick with from his imprisonment that has led to this. Mm -hmm. Could be any number of things. So sure. But yeah, he calls off Doctor Choke. He's like, "You're not going to do surgery on my brain. Get Dwight back in here." And then Dwight just slips him some stuff. And Demelza comes through. He gets with Ross. Demelza, yeah. Ross is there, but Ross doesn't see him. Well, initially Ross sees him. There's that moment where he's in bed, and and Ross is like, uh, Ross goes, "Look, I know when uh, you, when I gotta see myself out, I'm gonna leave Demelza. You can stay." Yep. And this is before or after Ross reads the note that Armitage left for Demelza. I think it's after. But he's very uncomfortable, I, and he knows that, you know, obviously Armitage will be eternally grateful for Ross for saving him from that prison. But at the same time, he's like, dude, won't stop messing with my wife. And he writes another letter for her that she actually reads. Then she has to burn up later because she's like, I can't, man, we're done. But, I, you know, for a second there, when she grabs his hand and he's just like, I know how, how I can heal. And she holds his hand. I thought. Wait, this guy's actually going to kip up and come back. He's going to he's going to live because he's got the love of Demelza, the power of Oh, you thought it was that simple? I thought he was gonna. I thought he wanted something. Oh well, that too. But he absolutely looked like he had a little bit of pep when when she came into the picture. Wouldn't it be great if he actually was just like emotionally fragile because he loved her so much, and he was totally physically I mean, healthy. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to... Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about physical totally healthy, like, No, 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 no. Dr. Dwight, don't do that. I'm okay. I'm just being dramatic because I'm in love with my friend's wife. <laughs> I'm dying of a broken heart. Can you fix it? No, man. You need Dr. Love. Dr. Love? <laughs> uh, but anyways, he dies. <laughs> so long, Armitage. Yep, you didn't get to be a politician. You didn't get your friend's we- wife. We get the great bit at the end where Ross confesses to Dwight. You know, sometimes I thought he just was just faking being sick because <laughs> he wanted to hook up with my wife. <laughs> and it worked. No, that's a great moment because Dwight is like, be honest. You thought this, right? And Ross is like, dude, you thought it too, man. We both thought the same thing, bro. I've done it once or twice, man. <laughs> I cheated too. It's fun. <laughs> It's like, Dwight, remember when you got that woman killed because you slept with her and she was married? Back in season one? Did he actually sleep with her, though? She she forced herself on him. She still did it. He didn't deny it. I I do like how love makes people go crazy on this show. 
Yeah, I do like the moral compass of even the the protagonist is is askew. Like Dwight mm-hmm. is in a good spot now, and uh, just to throw this in because it's barely a plot, confirm that Caroline is pregnant. She doesn't oh, want yeah. a baby, but he he's. I, I do love that wrinkle where she's just like, I can't stand kids. Like they're not fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's got a, 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 you know, his moral compass is conflicted with that woman in season one. Obviously, mm-hmm. Ross is conflicted. Obviously, Demel's is conflicted. George is terrible. Like all these characters are definitely not. There's no like tri- tried and true good person in the show. Even Sam, For who's sure. a, a Methodist preacher, is has, has inappropriate thoughts towards uh, Thali's daughter. So <laughs> okay, you're re- reaching a little bit there, but even Drake, so. he unleashes toads on George. Yeah, the Pierce he, character on this show is Garrick the dog. I think really at the end of this all. But Garrick has fleas, so <laughs> he, can't, he can't help that. Um, that's that. Bye, Armitage. It was nice knowing you. Yeah, real shame that oh. you were written this way because pretty I, I good character what's, for what's a little the, while. And what's the lingering effect on this? Like, it seems like Demelza and Ross are stronger than ever as a couple. It didn't really do anything there. It's just like this guy just came in really messed things up for them for a little while and then he just exited his way out. But Demel's is, you know, really, really, really broken up about this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and things are going to be changing because, well, let's start at the top. The politics well, are dude, still I think we should going on. dive into this little end bit a little bit more thoroughly because Prudy basically tells Ross, don't go looking for her. Let her get to this one on her own. When she comes back oh, yeah. to you, she'll be ready for this. And then eventually mm-hmm. she does come back and they talk about the same. They're having the same conversation every week where it's can a man, can a woman love two men? Can a man love two women? And Ross is like, well, do you love him? And she's like, yeah, my heart is broken for him, but I didn't love him the way I love you. And I hope this is the closure that we have to this sort of marital trouble between them. I don't know. But I don't know. This seems, It's like... The same old sentiment at the end of the of every episode. I'm a little, I'm a little done with it. If I'm being honest, you know what they need. I think what they need is a therapy session with Doctor Love. They need a Doctor Love to come on here. They need Doctor <laughs> and Phil. sort things out. Or Doctor Phil, do- get him on there. Or Doctor Drew. Not? No, no. I, I, if you want to have the rankings, uh, Doctor Phil's way up on top. Doctor Drew is a lot of rankings down. Doctor Oz doesn't even make the list. Oh yeah, there's no doctor. Oprah is higher than. Uh, oh, 100. percent I can solve Oprah Drew. for anything in life. Are you kidding me? Um, but, but the Doctor, doctor Love, Love. They, they need someone like that. <laughs> he's got the cure you're thinking of, uh, old, old Gene Simmons. He's number one. <laughs> yep. But maybe that is the cure that they need. I think so. And Meanwhile, well, we see and there's the scene in the beginning in the in the tub. They they're definitely trying that. She's washing them down. Meanwhile, Whitworth is singing the song uh, Christine 16. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, it's just some Kiss songs out there for you guys. Uh, all right, every Paul Dark fan is a big uh, member of the Kiss Army. <laughs> oh, speak for yourself. I, I don't know. But uh, let's get to the politics of this all. Oh, yeah. So we see, obviously, Armitage is in no shape to be a candidate in Falmouth is upset about it and mm-hmm. we see in a move 
that is becoming on brand for this dynamic duo. Pregnant Caroline says she wants to be useful while she can. So her and Demelza facilitate a meeting between Bassett and Falmouth to discuss their differences and their mutual distaste of George, which is a a fun scene that, like I Mm -hmm. said, mirrors the sequence in the pub of Dwight, Ross, Ozzy, and George, where they're kind of debating the virtues of all all four of the, the two men while the two politicians who disagree with each other, it's finding a middle ground. That was yeah. a fantastic scene. Fantastic. Well done. Wait, what scene was that? <laughs> so the scene Sorry. in the in the bar when when yeah when the fight is made between Sam and or the bet is right, made. the bet is made. Yeah, that is constantly cross cutting with the scene of Caroline and Demelza talking to Falmouth and Bassett about oh right Ross and George. So it's this, I thought like, that was some good scheming because they had uh, Bassett over there. For some tea, and then they invited Foulmouth too, and they're like, "Oh, you're here too." Huh. Well, you know, we we know you're looking for a political candidate. But we got your man, Rossi, which mm-hmm. I don't even think they need to do. Like they already have had had Ross in their sides. They've already talked to him recently. Just saying, he's a changed like man. That one yeah, riot I, really changed him. We're just spinning the wheels here of things we've already come to the conclusion on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but meanwhile, George is very certain he's going to walk into parliament and win. Cause he's like, who could, who's going to challenge me? This Armitage guy is dying. <laughs> A lot of good, like one-on-one competition in this episode mm-hmm. between the wrestling and the, the politics. It's, it's a real super card, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so Anyways, they're there. They come to the decision like, okay, well, maybe Armitage is not our future. He, he's not doing too hot. And maybe maybe Ross is the guy. And yeah. both, both Bassett and Falmouth are on the same page about this. Mm-hmm. And then George finds out that there is somebody that's coming for him, but he doesn't know who. And Whitworth Except, is the one that yeah. brings it up at lunch in a in a really good, probably the only time Whitworth has been a positive for a scene in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's like, it's, it's Ross. <laughs> he's laughing about it Captain to himself. Ross Polder, the hero of yeah. France, what a buffoon. And we see... Because uh, he's thinking like Ross doesn't stand a chance. Elizabeth is like, oh no, like this is this is not what we need right now. Yeah. And we do see a bunch of Uncle Carrie this episode too. Oh, I was so thrilled. He brings such a weight to all of because yeah. he's he's one of the only people that can get annoyed with George and get away with it mm-hmm. in a not like uh on Agatha way. He can actually get yeah. really fired up and sort of get in George's face. Like he was always saying why are you trying to marry Elizabeth? You could have any woman you want. Like he, he's the only person in this show that has that sort of authority over George, even though he doesn't yeah, actually have it. That he's woman the only on the town. Can, he can voice his opinion without uh, consequence. And 
I do think he needs a new wig, Pip Torrens. The wig didn't look like it fit quite right in this episode. Well, he, he's been on the shelf so long, they just forgot to order him a new one. I have, perhaps so. Uh, but w- when they le- learn this news, they go off to, to Bassett immediately. And they're like, he has to come and talk to us, right? He, he, you know, we'll you know have a good, imp- we'll create a good impression that we're in sync with everyone. Everything's good between uh, Bassett and I. And then we smash cut to Bassett being at dinner with the family. He's like, no, I'm busy. No, pa- Bassett's like one room over. He's like, no, nah, I'm not going to want to talk to that guy. Right, exactly. He doesn't want to talk to him. I'm otherwise engaged, which then s- sends them off. They're not too pleased. Uh, but yeah, so was it Bass and Falmouth? Uh, they won't contest uh, Tro. They're gonna have their candidate. Uh, and so they're done with George. So they talk to Ross, and Ross lays down his terms. Ross says, for being the candidate, I'm gonna pretend it's 2019 USA, and I'm gonna you know retcon all things that men in my era would probably support. But I just want to seem cool for not supporting. I don't want slaves well, around. I want the poor quite. people to be able to get what they want. And I want to be, you know, a morally good guy. Well, no, you're leaving out the one that's contradictory to what you just said. He supports war. He says that up top. <laughs> he, he's very much a pro-war and then supports the abolition of slavery and then supports anything to help the poor. But definitely he's like, let's keep the war going. He's like, what is it good for? Profit. Making money. <laughs> mine baby he's lining his own pockets I'd love if that was like the ulterior motive like man I make money as long as wars are going on let's keep those going which really he means like he's probably concerned about the imposing threat of the French and trying to stay strong mm-hmm. against well, that yeah, he, same, believe, he believes in the power of the military as he's a for sure general so yeah uh, so yeah he's their man for those because Falmouth is like yeah done you can be the candidate yeah he's like yeah you know what are my other options my Dying nephew or, mm-hmm. or or George again? Like, nah, you're good. Come on in, Ross. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they have the election where, uh, well, not the election, so they have to go up and say their piece. Uncle Kerry goes up and speaks about how there's not a better man out there than George. He's the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Foulmouth goes up there and talks about Ross and he says, well, he's a soldier. A brave and distinguished soldier and then walks away. But it's nowhere near as fancy or as uh, long-winded as what uh, Carrie had unleashed. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Ross just expects to get a you know pat on the back, thanks for coming, thanks for trying, and go home. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't quite work out that way. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they cast votes, and, of course, you know, we get... Uh, who's the pers- first person to vote? Is it Falmouth? No, uh, Pas- Pasco, he goes up there and votes yeah, for Ross. Yeah, Pasco's the first Pasco's one to there. vote. And then they go back and forth with the votes. Like, oh, man, it's only six more votes. Uh, and then George wins. Only three more votes and he wins. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Bassett goes up there. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to vote for this Ross character, which swings the pendulum a little bit. Because after he goes up there, more people go up there to vote for Ross. Mm-hmm. And the, these twins go up there, or, or brothers, and... and George is like, Elizabeth turned the britches off of them, and, and then they vote for Ross, both of them. And then he's like, I thought you said that you talked to them, and Elizabeth is basically, 
saying that, uh-oh, you know, I did what I could. Do you think she actually talked to those two in Charmed? I think she did. I think she's like full on Team George at this point. I feel like she didn't because I feel like she doesn't want George to be in London more. Uh, I well, she said she wants to go to London with him. So I, I, I just, I think she's full Team George as, you know, well, continue in George's tale. Yeah, because I mean, she does want to have kids. They make allusions to that this episode again, like she, you know, she's looking at that family. Mm-hmm. And, and the way they were talking about was it uh, Valentine hanging out with other kids and stuff like we're gonna raise this kid differently than yeah, because Charles. We see, uh, we see Jeremy or, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's Ross's son hugging him. Mm-hmm. They're playing. Yeah, and Elizabeth separates them. No, 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 no. That doesn't happen around here. Yeah. So Ross wins. Ross wins nine to eight. That's the vote. Going to Parliament, baby. And uh, he says George the best is way, furious. Best way to make things better with uh, Demelza is to disappear for more than half the year. Right, right. But George is very upset. He's not happy at all. And Elizabeth is like, she did what she could. Uh, Ross is like, hey, Falmouth, want to come celebrate at the Red Lion? And no, can you do, almost brother. think that? Yeah, you think that Falmouth is like, I don't want to go drink there and eat at the Red Lion. Why would I be there? But no, he gives the answer of. My nephew just died, man. C- come on. Give me a break. <laughs> Which Ro- Ross didn't realize. I don't think that he was dead already. He's like, all right, bow our heads for a moment. Now we go to the yeah. Red Lion for some beers. Yeah. And I think that's why Ross is feeling himself a little bit when he's talking to, to Dwight. And Dwight's like, you thought he was faking being dead. And he was like, or being sick. Ross is like, yeah, man. But it's okay if you slept with my wife. I'm a politician now. Hey, hey, hey. Come on now. I'll have my my share of interns for my whole term. Christ, come on, man. Wait, um, no, Ross wouldn't do that. No, we see that George, George is passing this off as a lineage situation. That yep. because George is new money, they don't like him. Nor should they. But he can't just see the fact that he's a bad guy. He's a mean right. man. He, he tells Elizabeth this is a setback. And nothing will compromise his plans. And she's like, plans, sit down. She starts to pull his tie off because she's going to have some fun with him. Indeed. Well, I mean, as much fun as she can have. Yeah. But yeah, as you were saying, Dave, Ross breaks the news to Demelza that I'm going to be gone for a while. That cool? Nope. She's like, well. (laughs) Not at all. Uh... We wonder how far London is. It's very far. Yeah. The end of the earth, as I say at the beginning of this episode. That's this episode, though. Yes, it is. Uh, one thing that, that I thought was funny uh, was uh, when they send for, for Dwight and he's at the match. The speed with which they're able to deliver that note to Dwight is like, he's dying. And then they're like, how far away is he? How how'd they get that news to him so quickly? They really love jumping around the timeline in the show. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, was this a good episode, though, Dave? Oh, absolutely. This is a great episode. It needed more wrestling. It did need more wrestling. I think it needed another round. Uh, but the scene with the vote was great. Uh, Armin just passing away was tough, but fun. Even the wrestling scene was, <laughs> make fun was of. unexpected. <laughs> What's that? You know, you, you build a David versus Goliath. You don't think Goliath is going to win. Yeah. 
Tom Harry just butchered him. Yeah. I thought I Is thought it, in when they said the fight was going to happen, I said Sam might die this episode. Oh, that'd be wild. I, I did I did like the reveal of Ro- Ro- Roella at the end of this episode. Oh yeah, this was a great was episode. Great. Aside from, I mean, the Armitage stuff is is the kind of emotional weight that this show does well. So yeah, well we had well, some let's fun and some sadness. Rankings. Yeah, let's get to those rankings. I'll start number three going down. I got Armitage. Okay. Uh, I said it was fun. <laughs> that may have been the, the wrong words to say with, with his whole storyline and everything, but it's funnier to make fun of this guy because it's just like he literally got away with sleeping with Ross's wife. And now he's like, peace. Um, I've done my job. he done his job. But it's like we barely knew this guy. He wrecked things for them. He's he's not a power player. He's just out of the picture. I'm, I'm, I'm over having to rank people number one just because they're dead. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Albert. You're just not that worthwhile. Number three going down. Well, number three going down. I got I got Sam. Okay, because he gets he gets beat up. He almost he gets you know God knows he's hurting. There's no denying the fact yeah. that this man is in pain. Mm-hmm. And then you add in the fact that his girl basically says, you know, I totally would have tried to up hold my end of the bargain if you had one, but I don't think I have it in me, and I'm gonna go away for a year. And then she kisses him, which, yeah. as a preacher, this is gonna cloud this young boy's mind. So there's a lot at stake here, Poor and guy. I think Sam is. I mean, he gets dropped, like emphatically dropped by someone probably I double his gouged. size. He does get a chaste kiss at the end, though, from her. Not enough to make up for okay. her because she walks away. All right. Well, at number two, I got Demelza. Mm-hmm. Hard times for her with uh, Armitage passing away. That really, really tough for her. And then the double whammy of Ross being gone for a while. Not good okay. times for her, for her. No, she's got to raise those kids. Well, number two, you wouldn't give him number number a higher spot. I got Armitage. Okay. He's Doctor he Dwight died, says right? it. Yeah. It's his. It's that broken heart, man. He. It'll, it's it'll all because he, he's a promising young man. And, and and not to mention he has to spend his last days with leeches all over his body, and this hack yeah. job doctor choke, making a fool of himself. So right, Figure not a good way to go out. He's he's been given yeah. enough shine on this show that I think he doesn't deserve the the number three spot. Okay, all right, that's fair. Well, number one, I got George. Oh yeah, big loser. This guy lost the election. He he did win his bet on Tom Harry, but he had to fire him. Which mm-hmm. he obviously did not want to do. He does get laid uh, at the end, <laughs> but he does not enough. At the end. But his uh, his he he won money for charity for the hospital from his bed too. So that wasn't anything great for him. But he is so mad at losing his parliament power, and like he's not going to be in London like he expected to be. Not great. Nope. And Uncle Kerry is probably going to have some wise remarks to make to him. It truly is a fundamental loss of power on George's part. We'll see so how this plays why. out. Yeah, that's why he's number one on the downside of the power rankings. Well, Dave, who do you got going up? This is going to seem controversial, but this was an episode where I was really torn about how to lay out these sure. rankings. I got Demelza going up at number three. Okay. So I'll say how why this I think this. I think the moment that her and Caroline facilitate the meeting between Bassett and Falmouth, 
changes the tide of Ross's political career. They're the ones that make that happen and they deserve that. And I think everything that happens with Armitage is a blessing in disguise because she's so conflicted about how to handle all of this. She Mm -hmm. doesn't know what to do. She's, she knows this guy's obsessed with her, but she wants to be done with this. She wants this to be in her past. And finally she has that peace. He's gone. Right. So I think it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think this is a net positive for Demelza. And I think, you know, some space from Ross might be what their marriage needs to sort of clear the air. So I have, okay. I think that this seems is like a, a lot of justification to try and put Demelza at number three. There. <laughs> I mean, I'm not putting Tom Harry there. I'm not putting, well, I'm I putting Tom Harry there. there. He's number three for me, man. That guy is a champion. <laughs> he's uh, he's in the prime of his life. <laughs> He, he beat Sam handily. It doesn't matter if he lost his job. The guy has got a reputation. I mean, he lied about and the girl. he lived up to it. What's that? He lied about uh, Emma. I mean, did he? I, did. I think he did. Because we see we'll that, that Emma is, is has no filter, and I think that she wouldn't. If anyone slept with Tom Harry, would they tell the truth about it? I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's number three for me. Well, who's number two for you, Dave? I got Dr. Dwight. I think okay. this, this is another episode where we are literally proven in the narrative of the episode that Dr. Choke is terrible. <laughs> it's so true. Like Dr. Dwight says to Falmouth, like, this is tough. Like you gotta, you need to do this. And yeah. he says, no, 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 get Choke in here. Choke comes in and screws things up so poorly that they bring back Dr. Dwight to sort of give the last rites. Not to mention we talked about it already. Him as Ross's friend in this episode is a is a relationship that they sometimes lean on and sometimes don't. And yeah. I think that them leaning on it in this episode just shows how solid of a foundation he has. And not to mention, he is very excited to be a father. And let's not forget, he saved this man's life. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, man. They're, just, they're just great friends. Yeah, good guy. You know, like, maybe he didn't move the needle as much as Falmouth and and Bassett, but mm-hmm. he was integral to this episode, rolling the way that it did. Yeah, thank God he's got Dwight there instead of Judd. Where is Judd? <laughs> uh, number two, I got Bassett. Okay, he, he he got his man into government. You know, he, maybe face turn. He didn't lo- yeah, he didn't lose as much as Falmouth this episode with his nephew and and giving into his terms. But uh, the power play he flexed on George, where he's like not going to talk to him. And then he swung the pendulum in Ross's favor for him to get elected. Really shows that this guy can pull some strings here. He's really important. And Bassett did it, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job, Bassett. But number one's got to be unanimous. I mean, The big man. It's Rossi. It's It's, Ross. The member of parliament. What do you call that? A a, a PM Ross or? No, uh, just a government... Government Ross, that's what we call yeah, it. Yeah, something like that. But you probably look yeah, up that look, that, look that up by now. Considering yeah. we watch The Crown too. He's a member of Parliament. I think that's what you call him. He's a member of Parliament, and I think an understated Ross plot in this episode is his reaction to having the confirmation that Demelza slept with Armitage. Because what was the the guy in? Um, Season two, the soldier. 
that. Oh yeah, basically yeah, with the sleeps with uh, or you know flirts with Demelza. When Ross finds out about that, he's hot and he's like, yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, even though it's apparent happening in front of him. With mm-hmm. this time around, he's a lot more uh, emotionally mature. So big move yeah. for Ross. I mean, he did it too. Like, he kissed Elizabeth again after when he shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not, David, I'm not saying no, he's all the way there. Like I said, none of these people sure. are. Either way, he got a decisive victory over George that you decisive. can't like dispute. Uh, and also, a member of Parliament is uh, shorthand. Uh, the shorthand is MP. So MP, they are not a member PM, of Parliament. Okay. That's what you call him. Yep. And that's and he did right a pretty now, good maybe. job training Sam, considering he only had a day. Sam won the first round. That's absolutely true. Uh, although you wonder too, did, does Sam just possess the natural skills? To, to wrestle, he doesn't even need uh, Ross's training, maybe? I, th- I think so. I think the boy has a future if he wanted to, to go for it. I don't disagree. I think he's a, a strong boy. I think they just need a stronger referee than Tholly. <laughs> Someone who knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, because he's crooked. He's he's under the... We thought he was on Team Ross. He's on Team Tom Harry. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, Tom Harry has a whole history of this whole the, with this fighting stuff that we were not aware of. And he's in the prime of his life, allegedly. The way George says it, he's so proud to, to speak of, of his friend like that. <laughs> Don't say friend, his, his employee, his man. That's his friend. That's his friend. That is, is his Dwight. they hang out? Oh, I, I think so. On the low. It is we, funny we, when we, you see how much disdain he has when he has to sit up the red line with Ozzy Whitworth. He's like, man, right. I wish I could be drinking Bud Lights with Tom Harry. He obviously would rather be doing that. Well, that's this week on Poldark. Uh, Indeed. Dave, you've been watching anything else? I think last time we recorded this, the next day, the next night I edited it and then went to the Catskills and came home and then just watched Poldark. So, no. You did watch something in the, in the Catskills, though, didn't you? Oh, I did watch something in the Catskills with the friends. Um, you had left when you were... Seeing a world class musical group, I watched the 2018 uh, movie pass produced film Gotti, starring John Travolta Sorry. as John Gotti. And how was it? it? I'm not. I don't mean to say anything disrespectful to our our attorney Kevin, but he told us it was like a meh mob movie, and that it wasn't as bad as it seemed, but it wasn't good. It was just sort of there. And it was bad. It was, it was the room level bad. Like poor oh. acting, poor decision making, poor plotting. And the movie is clearly funded by the Gotti family. Like there's some involvement there. Mm-hmm. So they make him like a hero. The whole movie, they never try to paint him as some bad guy. They're always just constantly patting John Gotti on the back. And Travolta swings. Like I feel right. like. Well, Old Man Travolta is is uh, acting way more than he maybe ever did in his prime. Okay. Well, I, so, I need to check this out, obviously. It I would great. absolutely watch it again. I'm, I would okay. be all in on another Gotti watch. So. All right. What about good. you? Anything you've been watching? <laughs> well, like you said, I went and saw Sun Me. Not a group. It's a single person who was up oh, there sorry. Pl- playing the bass. That's a, that, that was her gimmick. She was in a group, the Wonder Girls, that was a band for mm-hmm. a couple comebacks. And then she brought out the bass again for this, and the crowd went wild. To which you responded to my tweet, like, because you're a bass player, Dave. 
I wasn't there for the recent type of said show where apparently they went wild for you and your base. <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Should have been there. We talk about it on Patreon. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, was I'm watching um, Top Gun. Never have Well, I saw Top Gun again. It was even better the second time. Uh, and I, I've been watching Never Have I Ever on Netflix. It's back for its uh, third season. That show is very consistent, very enjoyable. Okay, what's the premise? High school. It's from Mindy Kaling about an Indian girl in high school just struggling. It's fun. It's funny. All right. Recommend it. Noted. But I think that should tie up this week on the podcast. If you want to listen to our old episodes, you can look up our Podbean uh, website. It has the whole archive on there. That's Of course, you can always find it on iTunes and Spotify, where you can leave a five-star rating and review if you so mm-hmm. choose. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hit us up on Gmail if, if you want. And, of course, we always have our Patreon, where we have some bonus episodes out there. Boom. That's it. And we'll see you. We'll see you in Parliament next, next week. On the pod. Yeah.